Baruch Chaba, listeners, viewers, uh, not about us, followers, I guess. Uh, Brad, you mentioned family before, so we'll say not about us, family. Thank you again uh, for coming. Uh, We do appreciate it, and we hope that today you get something special out of this podcast. But before we get started, oh wait, no, I want to introduce <laughs> ourselves, don't I? I'm, well, hey, hey, I was gonna pray first, so I'm, I am, I am ahead. Yeah. I, I'm anticipating. Nothing <laughs> wrong with that. See, uh, but as always, I'm Scott and I'm Brad, and this is not about us. just as professional as always, as sad as that statement is. So, um, this time, now, now we can actually get started. Brad, if you'd like to introduce us in prayer, uh, go for it. Thank you. Absolutely. Father, let me start today just by saying thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for podcast day. Thank you for guiding us and helping us and trying to find the deeper truths that lead us even more and more to you and your love and the will that you have for our lives. Lord, we cannot do this. We cannot do this without you. We never can. So please, will you come in? Will you take the center seat? Will you help us find out more about you, the things you want us to know? Help us discover those mysteries of you. And uh, if you want, then you take this and you glorify yourself in this, if that be your will. We want to give you our honor, our respect. We want to do this right. So help guide us. Help be our knowledge and our wisdom because we want to truly do this right for you. We love you. We respect you. We give you our worship and our honor and our thanks. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you so much again for that. Um, Before we get started, I just want to show off real quick. Yeah. This is a shirt from, I've mentioned my comic before, Spirit Man. Uh, This is a shirt that the the artist, Paul, made. So I just wanted to show off his craftsmanship, his handiwork. So I guess that's all. I just uh, (laughs) want to say good job, Paul. That's awesome. Appreciate it. I need to remember, I'll wear mine uh, next time if I, if I remember. <laughs> I need to remember. <laughs> I know. I, I, got a, I got that really cool one, too. That uh, I meant to wear it a lot sooner and kept forgetting just yeah. other things. Yeah. I do that all the time, uh, and I've told Paul this. I'll be like, he'll send me something. He'll send me a page that he's drawn, and he says, check th- check this out. What do you think? And I'll be at work or or someplace, and I'll get it. I'll pull it up on my phone, and I'll be like, oh, my gosh, that's really cool. I can't respond right then and there because I'm at work. Right. And so later, I completely forget because my brain goes, you thought it was awesome. And then a week later, I'll go, oh, I never told you. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, But, yeah, I I react, and I go, that's amazing. And then, you know, completely forget that I haven't actually responded. I think we're all guilty of that once in a while. Okay, so we are still in Genesis 7, 7 through 16, uh, same as when we were last time. This is going to be a little bit different, this podcast, because 
I was going to get into the numbers, and I still am, but I thought there was going to be much more to it that I would find. And I wasn't finding a lot uh, as far as I kept hitting dead ends. or I kept uh, So this is something I reserve the right to come back later if I, if I find something else at, at another time. But because of that, I'm, I'm going to kind of combine this episode with a few uh, of doing just that. I went back on some old uh, podcasts that we did, had some other thoughts, and so I'm going to kind of combine the two and finish with that. I got my other notes down there. But just to rehash, Genesis 7, 7 through 16, uh, Hebraic Roots version again, and Noah went in and his sons and his wife and his son's wives with him into the ark because of the waters of the flood of clean beasts and of beasts that are not clean and of fowls and of everything that creeps upon the earth, there went in two and two unto Noah, Noah into the ark, male and female, as Elohim commanded Noah. And it came to pass after the seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. And the rain was upon the earth forty days and forty nights. In the selfsame day entered Noach and Shem and Ham and Yephet, the sons of Noach, and Noach's wife, and the three wives of his sons with them, into the ark, they and every beast after its kind, and all the cattle after their kind, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth after its kind, and every fowl after its kind, every bird of every sort. And they went in unto Noach, into the ark, two and two of all flesh, wherein is the breath of life. And they that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as Elohim commanded him, and Yahweh shut him in. So we went over a lot of that last time. I just wanted to focus on some of the numbers in here and what they mean. And like I said, it's going to be a lot briefer than I originally intended. But let's start with the obvious one. 40 days and 40 nights. Uh, this is a number that repeats itself constantly in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. 40. Uh, and it is, I, I think we know by now, uh, it is a number of trial. Right. It's a number of testing. It's a number of probation. And so it, it's fairly obvious to me that this is a trial they're going through. This is, a, this is, um, I mean, I mean, they're in the ark, they're protected, but the flood is all around them. The rains are coming down 40 days and 40 nights. They are in the middle of this deluge. Uh, even if you say, no, no, they're protected. They're, they're secure in the ark. You know, uh, before this happened, they were out on the land enjoying life like normal. After this goes down, uh, even even while they're still on the ark, the rain stops, everything calms down, the waters are going to subside. They're gonna they're gonna leave, and everything's gonna go back to normal. This is a period of trial for them that they uh, have to go through to get to the other side. Sure. And I guess the only thing I wanted to say on that is the fact that this represents salvation. This represents uh, 
it's a prophetic picture of entering in uh, and accepting Jesus's uh, salvation gift. Then I guess where I kind of came with came to to know this a little bit deeper is the fact that when they said yes we will obey and they got into the ark and god's hand closed the ark they're protected however there's still a period where even though they're protected there is chaos and calamity going on all around them and we've talked about this in another podcast we're talking about this uh, a fortress and a stronghold uh its purpose its existence indicates that a war is going on around it, that there is, there is danger, there is, there is trouble. The fortress wouldn't have to exist if everything was peace and, and, and rest. Well, and being mere human beings, I mean, this probably took an emotional take on them. This probably took, yeah. you know, a psychological attack. This is probably, I mean, there is probably lots of stress on the body and all of this kind of stuff too. Yeah. So they, they are going through some personal personal stresses more than just uh, mm -hmm. what's going on around them um, as well. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things I was thinking about, but I tried to picture, so what does this mean prophetically speaking? And that's one of the things that I came to conclude was that, okay, they're safe in the ark. That doesn't mean Satan stops. That doesn't mean the attacks stop. That doesn't mean the chaos stops. And there's, there's like, there's, there's an uproar around them. I mean, imagine if Noah and his family just went, I can't handle it anymore, and opened the door and just bailed. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, they ruin everything. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's one of the things that the enemy tries to get us to do is to willfully give up the gift of salvation that we have accepted. Yeah. He can't steal it from us. We have to walk out. We have to willful of, of our own free will. We have to leave that situation. But the other thing I was thinking about uh, is just, and this is just me pondering. I'm not saying this is absolutely true, but does is this a picture of we've accepted the gift of salvation, but the trial period is the rest of our life here on earth. In other words, we're still going through chaos. Once the waters recede and they open the door and they walk out into peace and, and rest, as Noah's name implied. Is that a picture of entering into your final rest, uh, uh, heaven, after this life is over? Even though you're protected in this earth, we're still going through the chaos. We're still going through the danger. Sure. Uh, and we're not truly at a place of complete rest until we go on to our reward and I don't know good thoughts no I, I I see that picture I totally agree okay yeah because that was the only thing I was thinking about is like okay if this is a picture of salvation and they've entered into protection why is why is there this probationary period why is there this trial right uh, aren't they just isn't it done we've accepted the gift of salvation we're you know that's it and that was those, those were my thoughts. That's what I was coming up with. It's like, just because I enter into a salvation relationship with, with Jesus Christ doesn't mean the trials of this world are suddenly over. And in a lot of ways, they ramp up. Well, and how much more do you appreciate the, I mean, what's going to come soon is the covenant that God is going to give. I mean, how much more do you appreciate that 
but you've also had to go through an experience. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we have, we have, uh, you know, the, the question of why does God allow bad things happen to good people and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times it's because of growth. You know, you, you have something bad happen to you so you can grow and learn something from it or, you know, to become a different person or understand how to do something differently. Um, but when you are relieved from that, there's an appreciation. I went through it. I know how bad it is. Mm -hmm. Thank you for getting me out of it. Yeah. And I mean, there could be some, something to that as well here. They had to go through an experience to fully appreciate the, the covenant that's going to come and then, and everything from that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that exactly. That could very much be a part of it. Um, there, and there's so many things that, you know, that, that as always that we're failing to consider. Well, sure. Uh, those are just some of the thoughts that I had and, and I appreciate the thoughts that you have about it. Now we'll say, uh, we've mentioned this before, but the number 40 is represented by, uh, the Hebraic letter Mem, and Mem represents water with no boundaries. So I believe I've mentioned this before, just the fact that it is so cool that that is right here on this story. Right. It's just a perfect fit. Um, but Mem means water and chaos, mighty, massive. Uh, the, the, the word picture for Mem, uh, to come down to come from like water down a stream, just, you know, mighty, shoving everything aside, crashing into everything and, and moving on. Yeah. And, and it's just a perfect word picture for what's happening right now. Well, and I don't remember if you remember a couple of revelations ago, I shared my story about uh, being at the, uh, the dam, the Sailor Park Dam. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. <laughs> I have a great appreciation for rushing water and, and the power of that right now. So, I mean, that's speaking to me. So, another thing, we talked, we did kind of talk about this before, but it came to pass after the seven days. Now, after the seven days is referring to the verse before it, and I'll head back and find that here. Uh, and that was when we did... Genesis 7, 4 through 6, for yet seven days, and I will cause it to rain. So this is when God said, um, okay, now you've got seven days, and it's going to start raining. So he gives him the warning seven days before, and we talked about that being not a coincidence. Seven is the number of Jesus, mm -hmm. and this is, uh, this is very specifically referring to his salvation is coming, and this is part of his plan. And so it, it, they bring it up again here. And it came to pass after the seven days. So they're in the ark for seven days. So now we're talking about this period of trial. But initially when they go into the ark, there's seven days of calm. And this kind of spoke to me. I've seen this in a lot of people where it's like you come to salvation. And everything is wonderful. And everything is glorious. And I've seen this happen with so many people. Uh, and everything is just amazing. And, and there's a peace. It's, it's almost like you've entered into his protection. You're a baby Christian. And so he protects you like a baby. 
and there and there's just this this feeling of everything is glorious and wonderful and loving and holy among these people because they've just entered into this kingdom their eyes have been opened and it's amazing to them and then comes the trial yeah and i and unfortunately i've seen too many of the people who have gone through that who've turned right around and mm-hmm. like we said exited the ark uh it's 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 so glorious and wonderful and i have heard just from my own ears friends family other people who just talked about how wonderful and holy and amazing it is only later on months years whatever to turn around and say no that that was all a joke uh i i was wrong i give it up and and that's that's depressing to see but this is what it made me think about um and even the others who don't quit you know there still comes it, it's almost like that initial period of joy is like okay uh we've had our celebration now let's go to work yeah and and that i think that in and, uh, in and of itself is part of god's plan there is joy there is uh, a great release of sin and suffering that come you know when you accept his gift but now the the deeper you get into him the more he says okay now you're not a baby anymore now you're a child you're not a child anymore now you're a teen you're not a teen anymore now you're an adult and he keeps wanting the relationship to grow and he keeps wanting more out of us you know in, in this relationship and it's meant to be a wonderful thing it's meant to get deeper and more intimate and basically eventually becomes the bride not just the child uh, but i think a lot of people in that phase suddenly decide it's not worth it or even if they still stay it suddenly becomes a little more burdensome in a lot of ways and and i see a lot of that initial joy fade instead of uh instead of grow like it's it's intended to they get they have a focus on the trials at hand well it's like any relationship you know you you if you uh truly love somebody you know you're gonna love them through the good times and the bad and so i think even our marriage vows state you know for better or for worse yeah and uh, God is searching our hearts. So I think what we're seeing here is, is some people, I love you in the good times. I have a harder time during the bad times. And so, yeah. you know, just he's, he's searching our hearts and seeing if, if our, where our love is. And is it truly still there even, even when, even in the healthy times or the sick times or the, you know, the good times or the low times? You yeah. Know? So that was just what jumped out at me here is it begins with seven days of calm and then goes on to 40 days of trial, 40 days and nights of trial. That was my first thought is I see that in several people's lives who first come to know Jesus. Anything else you see out of that? Just the kind of my previous comment about growth. So it started out being calm. And that's kind of your preparation time. And then you go, they went through the trial, but they had to grow during that trial. So when they came out on the other side, they're, 
they're a little more mature. They're a little more, you know, a little bit more of that adult relationship now. Okay. So, now, this started, this happened in the 600th year of Noach's life. And the only thing that I could really find is the fact that 600 represents warfare. Now, there is the fact that um, 666 is the number of Satan. 600, we've discussed this before, is a spiritual, it's, it's spiritual, mental, and physical. 666, 777 is Jesus' number. Uh, and so the 100 column represents a spiritual side. And so I kind of combined that. And what I had was, this is war that we're in. This is, this is the fullness. 600 is like spiritually the highest we can achieve without Jesus. And so I saw that as there's a specific reason this happened in Noach's 600th year. It's like God was saying, you can't go on without me. Yeah. You can't go on. Uh, you're not going to live any longer without the ark, without the salvation experience, without Jesus coming and dying for us. We can't make it. We can get to a certain point, but that's it. We do not have the power to, to go on beyond that. Uh, we don't have the power to live. And, I mean, in the physical sense it's shown here, but in the spiritual sense, I believe that's what God was telling us. Um, you cannot make it on your own, and you need me. But also, the fact that this represents warfare, and I believe it is that spiritual war that's going on, and God is making his play. Yeah. I mean, God is saying, uh, in this war, I've already won, and all you have to do is follow my plan, and success is guaranteed. But this is very much a war that they're in and that we're in. Um, I guess as simple as that is, I was hoping for more, you know, more profound thoughts. But really, it's just the fact that in this war on earth, God has said, um, I'm the only victory you could possibly hope to have. And that's really all this represents to me. I didn't come up with anything else. Do you have any other thoughts? No, I, I, I no, but I'm going to tell you in another five minutes. <laughs> I always do that. Um, I see, you know, you're right, warfare, uh, spiritual level, but, you know, God judged the world with water the first time. He's going to do it again with fire the next time. I mean, we're, the, the parallels between then and where we are right now in history you know, it feels like God is calling up his soldiers. You were talking about all we got to do is follow his plan and we have victory. Well, now's the time. I mean, that's, yeah, that's all I'll say about that, you know. Oh, very definitely. In fact, that's going to show up a little later too here. Um, now, it happened in the second month. Now, the Bible says on the 17th day of the month. That, but that's when the waters came down. So I went back to the 10th day of the month 
because that's when God initially showed up and said, in seven days, here comes the water. So this all happens on the second month of the year, on the 10th day of the month, it begins. God comes, plans, you know, says, says hey, this is what's going to happen. Then on the 17th day of the month, seven days later, the rain comes down. So I looked at those numbers here. Now the second month, two, we've gone over many times. Uh, it, it stands for union or division. Uh, it stands for witnessing and confirmation, uh, as well as companionship. And it is represented by the letter Bet, which does stand for house. And I saw that as no coincidence. He's, this is the house of the Lord. This is the house that God built for Adam. Yeah. You know, the world, the planet, everything. We, we did that on the first day, the first week of creation. We went over everything. We talked about how he was building a house for his bride, for, for, for humanity. And in the very first letter of the Bible, it's bait. It's in the word Bereshit. Right. And the very first letter is house. Uh, he's starting off building a house for us. We discussed that. Now here again, I don't believe it's coincidence that this is happening in the second month represented by a house. And so I went to the 10th day of the month when God comes and says, all right, look, I'm giving you my plan. I'm telling you, this is, this is what's going to happen. You have seven days right now, you know, get ready. In seven days, it's going to start. And everyone goes in. Uh, now that 10 stands for testimony stands for the law and responsibility. Uh, the number 10 itself is a number of trial. And it stands for the completion of divine order. So 10 is one of the perfect numbers. 10 is represented, I found this fascinating, by yod, which means hand, uh, or a higher level of activity. And it was God's hand that closed the door of the ark behind them. Right. Now, we go seven days out on the 17th day. Real oh, quick. go ahead. Go ahead. This is just silly. But uh, so with two and ten, it's almost as if God is saying, hey, if you're going to live in my house, you're going to follow my rules. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> silly. But that's, that's what that, that is. That's yeah. Go with it. Sorry, continue. But 17th day, 17 stands for victory. And it, is, and it represents the perfection of spiritual order because it is 10 and 7 combined, uh, which is the completion of divine order. And uh, 7 itself, as we've said before, is, is the number of Jesus. And it represents uh, the Father's perfection. And resurrection and spiritual completeness. So this is 10 and 7 combined. It happens on the 17th day of the month. And we have victory on that day. Now I believe this is the day when man goes into the ark and God shuts it. I believe this represents the day that Jesus was crucified and rose again. Uh, so I'm... 
I'm kind of combining that whole thing. I know he didn't die and rise again on the same day. I'm combining the event. Uh, so I suppose if you want to think about it as the moment, I'm talking about the resurrection. I'm talking about victory over death. But essentially what I saw is the 17th day is saying they go, they're in the ark. The door is closed by the hand of God. Even though there's still trial, victory has already happened. They've already won. Uh, as we've said, what Satan tries uh, to get us to do is give up the victory that we already have. But at that moment, we have victory. Now, so what I saw, I was hoping to get a lot more out of this because there are dates involved. I was like, what does this tell us about the year or, you know, the time? Uh, uh, what, what can I get? I mean, it's not just numbers. It's actual days of the year. He specifies the second month, the 17th day, the waters came down. The waters began. And I couldn't find anything that corresponded to that. I couldn't find anything uh, that anyone else had come up with. I couldn't find nothing jumped out at me about the particular dates. Here's a few things that I have. Here's a few things I have come across uh, in searching for this. And we've already gone over this in the Feast of the Lord podcast. But in Exodus 12, 1 and 2, it says, And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe and Aharon in the land of Egypt, saying, This month, and the month that he's talking about is Nisan, or it's also known as Aviv. It says, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. So a lot of people who treat Nisan as the first month because of this. ER, I hope I'm saying that properly. ER, IR, not just in English it's spelled I-Y-A-R, but I think it's pronounced E-R. I'm not sure. That would be the second month, but it's not because at that time in Exodus, so hundreds of years after this event, God changed the calendar. So he took the seventh month, which was Nisan, and he made it the first month. Now, we discussed at that time, there's a reason for that. Uh, it's a picture of new beginnings. It's starting over, making it as if it's new. This is what Passover represents. And, and all of the, the feasts of the Lord that go hand in hand with that, that time of the year. But at this point in time... Heshvan, or, or, or Keshvan, I, I know I'm pronouncing this improperly. Keshvan, from what I understand, it's, it's K, as in uh, the, the Germanic CH, like Bach. Yeah. So it's a Keshvan. So some people just say Heshvan when they're saying it quickly with an H. Some people actually pronounce it with a solid Keshvan or something like that. But, but essentially, Keshvan. Boy, I know I'm slaughtering it. I'm sorry. Is the is real the first month of the year, and Kislev is the second month of the year, and that would have been when this happened. Now, the only thing I could find out about Kislev, the only unique thing is that it's the only month of the year, the Jewish calendar, in which there are no feasts of any kind. It's like, it's, it's blank. 
You know, there's something celebrated on every single other month of the year in some way, except for this month. And so one of the things I read said, uh, for that reason, some people call it the bitter month because there's nothing celebrated. Now, it's believed by some, one, one of the things I found, it is believed by some that this will be the month that the Messiah returns to establish his temple because of what happens here in Noah's Ark, because of this date and time. Um, it, as I said, it's the only month with no holidays in the Jewish calendar. The only other thing I could come up with that, that, that where there was any connection whatsoever, and I'm not saying there's a legitimate connection. This is just, this went through my mind. Um, the month before, and, oh, I am sorry. I am sorry. I screwed this up. It, Keshvan is the month. I'm sorry. I messed this up. Tishri is the new month. Tishri is the, the original first month of the year. Cheshvan is the second month. I, I, sorry, I misread my list here. Apologies to everybody. Uh, um, Tishri was the first month of the year. Uh, Nisan became the first month of the year. God made it that way in Exodus. But it was originally Tishri. Keshvan is the second month of the year, not, not the first. Once again, sorry, I screwed it up. Um, so Heshvan is the only month with no holidays in the Jewish calendar. In Tishri, we have Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. It is the highest holy day, and it is on the 10th of the month. And then we go, uh, then we go out the fifteenth through the twenty-first is the feast of Sukkot or the feast of Tabernacles. So the tenth of this month is when uh, of the month we're talking about Heshvan is when Yahweh came and said, "Get ready, seven days it's happening." And then the 17th, which comparing the two, would happen in the middle of the Feast of Sukkot, uh, is when it all happens. The only, I, I was kind of coming up with a comparison in the sense that Yom Kippur is the highest holy day. It's, it's, when, it's when we basically go before God and say, we've completely screwed up, we've spent time, the 10 days of awe come from the 1st to the 10th, and we're just afflicting our souls. We're analyzing what we did wrong, what we did right, and we're honestly coming to God. And the day of uh, atonement is we're giving it all to him, and he's forgiving us. Now, the Feast of Sukkot is, as a result of that forgiveness, it's a celebration. So, you know, we're free. We're, he set us free. Uh, uh, everything's wonderful. The only, I, I had this comparison in my mind that on the 10th of this month, God comes and says, this is what you must do. And we, we bow before the will of God. And then a week later on the 17th, we're set free. 
were saved out of this. So I sort of had a comparison there, but I really feel like I'm the one reading into that. I'm kind of I'm kind of connecting dots that aren't really there. And that's why I, I, I feel like I didn't get much out of this uh, other than I felt kind of like a failure because I was like, here's a date. Let's connect it. Let's find all this information. And I kind of came up with there's nothing there. Uh, I, I, I'm sure there is something there. He gave us these numbers for a reason. And, and the numbers that we've already covered, the, the meaning for the numbers, that's one thing. Uh, and and it, does, it does mean something. It adds to the picture. But the dates, why? Why on this date? It was important enough for God to specify it in the Bible. Why? And I didn't, I don't, I'm left going, I don't really have an answer. And I couldn't find anyone that did. I was at least expecting to find opinions and, and articles from people saying, we think this is why, this is why it matters. It's, it, it feels like one big mystery. But the thing about it is, it's like it's it's got to be important <laughs> since it's so specified. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I, I'm starting to wonder about the nothing, though. Maybe there's a reason for the nothing. And maybe there's a nothing because the event hasn't happened yet that we will celebrate in that month. That could absolutely be. You know, I, I, I don't know that. That's, no, that, you know, now that you say that, that makes sense because I know Daniel uh was going before god saying I've, I've received this prophecy i've received all these numbers i'm trying to make it make sense nothing lines up this is not working i don't get it and finally the angel had to come and say daniel chill out this isn't for you yeah you know there were still pieces that hadn't come yet there are pieces that had not been put into place yeah uh with with hanukkah with purim there were other markers that daniel didn't have and maybe you, what you just said, maybe this is like, God says, here it is. And we're stressing out. <laughs> maybe we need an angel to just come and say, no, dude, chill out. It's, it's a marker that you're unaware of yet. Right. You know, I give it a generation. That, that could be, I really don't know. But so that's kind of all I have of those numbers. So I'm going to, what time are we looking at? Um, it's about 40 minutes. 40 minutes? Okay. 40 minutes. I'll do a little bit of this here. These are some notes. Uh, I went back, like I said, I've gone over older podcasts, and this is going to turn into more of a little bit of a conversation piece. So I'm just going to throw a few things at you, see what you say. Okay. But, and we mentioned this before in another podcast, uh, but just the fact that in, in Genesis podcast 18, we had talked about the difference between a Satanist and a Luciferian mm -hmm. and the fact that um, a Luciferian is someone who believes they're doing the right thing. They, they do believe that they're following Satan, essentially. They're following the demon, the, the fallen angel, whatever you want to call him. They're following Lucifer. They just believe he's the right one. Right. They believe God is the deceiver and the betrayer and what have you. So a lot, it, it just made me realize a lot of the evil that is being done in the world today is by people who believe they're on the side of right. Uh, and I won't even say on the side of good. They just believe they're right, not necessarily good. This, this it has a feeling to me of a lot of groups like the CIA and the KGB and people like that 
who are doing a lot of evil things in the world and have done. They have a history of doing many, many evil things, but they all believe they're right in doing that. The type of people who say that the ends justify the means. Yeah. And... They'll, they'll kill, they'll steal, they'll destroy, they'll ruin people's lives. Yep. And they say it's it's for the greater good and we're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, and I think the world, because um, of the great deception that a lot of people fall into, uh, there are a lot of people. I mean, right now there was a huge event that happened in the United States of America. I'm not going to go through it. Uh, I don't want to get too political on this study. But there are a lot of people on an opposing side of mind who think that they are that, that this is a horrible thing and that they're they're correct and right, and they're going to fight to get it back to the way it was, mm-hmm. not realizing that their point of you know that what they're promoting is actually evil. Right. But they think they're in the right. Mm-hmm. You know. No. No, you're right. They they're they're convinced, and that and that yeah that. Yeah, I know. I don't want to get into it by name either. Everyone knows what we're talking about, but we're trying not to get off on a tangent here. And get kicked off YouTube. And <laughs> Yeah. But um, they believe they're right. Mm-hmm. They they don't see it. The Satanist says, yeah, I'm evil and I know it. I just enjoy it. Right. Um, no, they honestly think they're right. And that's what makes it so much more difficult to get through to them because they think they're on the path of right. Of righteousness, so to speak. Well, they think that I'm unloving and that they're loving. I mean, exactly. there's, there's quite the. They, they think they think their point of view is love because you know we talked about that before. Love is love. Uh-huh. Um, but what they don't know is that their idea of what love is is actually only going to harm them, uh-huh. and that we are actually the ones that are trying to love them with correction and hoping that they'll understand and see what's going on. Um, but that deception is real, and it's it's hard to get past. Yeah, and that that leads me into what I was next going to say. In, in Genesis podcast twenty, we had a we were talking about Cain and his lineage and all of that, and I just wrote down the spirit of Cain is alive and well today. Yeah, and this gets into what you were just talking about too. Cain's um, countenance slash face fell. The sinner who caused the problem and created the offense acts as the one offended and we discussed this in the podcast but the more i i went back and listened to that the more i just went that is happening today it's been happening throughout history but it just feels like it's growing and growing and growing and is is intentionally being brought in our faces more and more every day yeah absolutely and i had to admit at that time if i remember correctly i I got hit pretty hard with that because I've been that person in my life. I do remember that you, know? you saying that. And so, no, that, that hit me hard. And but that's a good that's a good marker. That's a good uh, a good thing to remember because now I'm aware of where I was. I'm getting out of the deception. I can see where I'm where I'm going mm-hmm. more clearly. And so um, it was good that that hit me hard because I have to acknowledge that. I am that person too. And it makes yeah. it easier to love the people that are in the deception and try to figure out how to help them. Now, another thing we mentioned in that, and I think you brought this up, is just the fact that ad- addictions are fleeting. Mm-hmm. And what he has is worth it. Yeah. What he has is worth it. But now, and this is more of just a conversation piece. Why? And more specifically, how do we know that to be true? 
And if you want, I can start because I've had some thoughts on this <laughs> uh, as I want. But but basically, talk to the person who is trapped in sin, who is following Cayenne's way of doing things. Tell him that, and he says, "Oh yeah, prove it. Yeah. How do you know that to be true? Yeah. And it's not just what you want to be true and your religion talking. Uh, you know, how is that an absolute certainty and a fact?" In, in your mind. And that, that's the hard part because it's hard because I've had, uh, uh, as I've talked about many times, an up and down relationship with God in my life. And so I have a whole relationship history with highs and lows to look back on and be able to judge that for myself. Mm-hmm. How do I give all those experiences to a person who has never had any of that? That is a very tough question. Mm-hmm. But the hope is, the hope is that the example of my hope in his promise is showing enough to them uh, that they'll at least be interested. They'll, 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 they'll see something in me. They'll see the Christ part of me and want to know more. And, and, and that that's... You know, that's the hope, that, that you plant the seed, hoping that then this Holy Spirit will come in and take it from there. You know, I can't, I can't force anybody, but the hope is that I can at least start the question. Because that's how it was for me. Okay. But for me, it, was, it, was, it wasn't a, um, as I've, I've talked about Greg Gall before, and, you know, I had, I had been on and off a Bible reader and all this kind of stuff. But I had to see it. I had to see somebody who who was living it mm-hmm. to make me start going. What is this? You know, why is he that way? What what, what makes him special? Okay. You know, so that's that's my hope. That the hope that I have in the promise will show to other people as I am talking to them. <clears throat> Which is good. I want you to hang on to that <laughs> because I'm going to come right back to that. And if I say, now what was it again? Because I might get lost in this. Remember that. That's that's where I wanted to go with that. But the thing I came up with is the fact that God is real means that I experience him. Mm-hmm. So when someone says, you know, you say, well, what he has is worth it, but addiction is fleeting. What he has, there's permanence and reality to it. Someone says, oh, yeah, prove it. How do you know that? And I'm going along with what you just said here, just in a different way. But in my life, I have, I can say logically, I can say scientifically, I can say mathematically, I can say prophetically, I can use all of these proofs to intellectually show how God exists. Right. And atheism is actually messed up and wrong and and the biggest blind faith religion on the planet. Um, has nothing to do with scientific accuracy or intelligence whatsoever. I can show all of that, and it's completely irrelevant to someone who doesn't want to believe it. It's all just a matter of opinion. It's all just a matter of, you know, uh, of, of personal bias and what have you. But if there is a God, if that's accurate, and if there is a God, and if that God has said... Seek me, and you will find me. 
then that's how you prove it. All you got to do is put them to the test. All you have to do is say, show yourself and actually go after him and you will find him. And I can say in my life, I know it to be true. Not just believe it, not just hope for it, not just it's a part of my culture so I go along with it. But I know this as a matter of reality, that there is a God and this is the God. Yahweh is the God that exists because I have put him to that test. Every time I put him to that test, he responds. And every time I walk away, I get nothing. The times in my life where I can look back and say, I went after God, I can conclusively say, I found him. It, he has revealed himself to me in a different way each time, depending on how I was chasing. Right. But I have, I can say, and you don't have to believe me because this is a personal experience. I can say, I have met God. I know him to be real. He has made himself real to me. Now, this goes back to how do we convince others? Well, I, I don't know how many times I've logically debated with people and come up with intellectual uh, uh, facts and intellectual points that completely shut down their points. And what I get in those situations are just, um, um, oh, yeah, well, what about? And, you know, because they when you're debating someone intellectually, it doesn't matter how badly you beat them down. They're just going to keep going because this is an intellectual discussion. It's not life changing. And what God said is we need to love them into the kingdom mm -hmm. because what the, the way God said to get people into the kingdom is to bring him to them. And he is love. He said he told us to love our enemies. He told us to love everyone out there and show them him so they will want it. They will see that it's true. They will want the reality that we have. And when we do nothing but uh, uh, discuss him and not live him, uh, I think we're doing a major disservice to the world. And I think that that's what I came up with is when someone says, how do I know that to be true? Um, you know it because you will know it when you experience him. And I think pulling back from to our point, to our responsibility and what you just ended on with you met Greg Gall and you saw it in him. And, and it's that experience. It's that I want what he's got. What is this? You had never met someone like that before. We need to be that person that other people go. I see God. They don't recognize that it's God, right? But they do see God. They are experiencing God to the point where they want him out there to be in here. And when he does come in here, he makes himself real. And, and he makes himself real in a way that is undeniable. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. But that's how I know, because he has entered in. He has made himself real to me. It's not an intellectual discussion anymore. It's a matter of reality. Well, <laughs> and once again, I mean, it's just me and my testimony, but I can, yeah, I can share that what you're stating is incredibly true. Um, you know, as I said, up and down relationship, up and down relationship until 
He made himself so real to me, I had no choice but to say, which direction do I go now? Because mm-hmm. he is real. Uh, I mean, he he came to me at a, at a moment of uh, great overwhelming feelings of uh, just de- sadness and depression, and, and boom, there he is. And now I have no choice. Because, I mean, my world was is now... You know, no longer a, is he there? Is he not there? I never doubted, but I I had doubts, but I never actually doubted that there were. I always believed God was a real thing. Right. I just had doubts if the Bible was true. I had doubts if, if, Uh, if he is, if, you know, uh, because if evolution is true, then how can this also be true? You know, uh, I was very much a creature of the world. And then he came to me in a way that was, that was impossible to deny. And it was in that moment that everything from the Bible is now true. He is Yahweh. Um, he did send his son. It's exactly as it's written down. Well, what do I do? And and, and I don't know. I, I, I so you like you were talking about intellectual. You can you could beat somebody down intellectually and prove every one of their points wrong. And then say, okay, do you still believe? And they'll say, no, because they love their sin too much to be able to make that jump and admit mm-hmm. that there could be. Because then once that's true, as it was with me, it suddenly became aware everything's true. That means his laws is true. His, his, his rules are true. Mm-hmm. And uh, that means that God's love is true. But God's wrath is true. You know, yeah. I mean, it's everything is true. So uh, to a lot of people, you can you could you could get them to believe that creationism is true, that God is real. But they'll still say no, because that is such a jump to then have to now have accountability for for the, the thing that you love doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, I'm in total agreement with you, and, and exactly what you said is exactly what happened to me in my personal experience too. I got to a point where mm-hmm. I know him to be real because he made himself so real I can't deny it. And I think, and and so many, if not all, of the testimonies that I hear uh, about people who come to Jesus, it's there's always this moment of, okay, if you exist, make yourself real to me. Or, okay, I cannot deny this any longer. You know, I give myself to you, and suddenly there's just the knowledge that he's there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that moment of, okay, I accept, and it becomes real in a way they could never have imagined before. And and that's, that's so difficult to, to make someone believe it who hasn't experienced it for themselves because i get why it's so easy to go yeah right you're reading into that you're making it up whatever i totally understand why they would think that Mm -hmm. doesn't make it any less real right and well it's and 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 the on the other side there i mean i was i mean this is my life story too i was everything in the world is telling you that every other point of view is true. Mm-hmm. Everything else is true. The, and, 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 and it's so hard to fight because 
all of their theories, they say, they even tell you they are theories, but they are gold as far as, as, as the world is concerned. Mm -hmm. That, you know, evolution is true. Billions of years for the earth. You know, all of this kind of stuff. And it's beat into and beat into you. And, 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 and this is my belief, but I, I think the evidence is getting more and more accurate. But when, you, when we've been telling generations of school children that you evolved from a monkey... They're going to mm -hmm. start acting like monkeys. Yeah. They're going to start acting like animals. Yeah. When, when, when you are told that the Earth is just one of billions of planets in a system that just exploded by accident into creation, and it took, you know, billions if not, millions if not billions of years to finally get us to a point where we evolved from a monkey. And that monkey evolved from a single-cell organism uh, and maybe it turned into a banana first, and then it became a monkey, and then, yeah. you know, it, it just kept on going and kept on going. Well, then there is no, there's nothing special about us whatsoever. Instead, the Bible tells us that we were created by an all-knowing, all-caring, all-God uh, that has a purpose for us. That we have mm -hmm. a place, and we are special. You know, there is no aliens out there. There's, there might be a universe, but there's nothing else out there. It's, it's us created for a purpose because we are special and we're unique. Even, even the heavenly bodies were amazed by what God was doing with us. And, and they still are, you know, it's, yeah. we, we are special. And that's a, that's a hard concept to, to understand when, You've been taught the complete opposite. I was going to say, and if you lose that concept, we devolve into what we're seeing now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, let me go on here, unless you want to keep going. I just... Uh, no, go ahead. I feel like if I keep talking about that, I'm just going to be repeating myself. But um, something else came up. We talked about, this is where God tells Cain, if you do well, shall it not be lifted up? And we spoke about it in there. The fact he doesn't say, will you be lifted up? He says, will it not be lifted up? Right. And we talked about what it was. And But this got me, as I was re-listening to this, this got me thinking. The whole point, we tend to think of the focus, the focal point of all of creation is us and it's not it's him mm -hmm. this is all for him this is all about him we are loved we are truly loved and and we're special to him but this is for him this is all about him it's not it's not our story it's his story yeah and if you do well, shall it not be lifted up? Started to take on a greater significance. What was it? Um, now, also, I've said this before. Uh, that God has come. God's ultimate plan. Jesus, when he returns, he's going to wipe out sin and death. Now, and I always saw this as uh, he's going to wipe it out once and for all at that point but in every one of our lives when we die and go on to judgment sin and death is removed right then and there 
It cannot exist in heaven. If we are still aligned with it, then we are going to go with it to hell and its destruction and banishment. Um, so there's where the choice comes in. If we have accepted that gift of salvation and separated ourselves from it, he still takes the sin and and the the damnation and destroys it. It's it's going to be destroyed. It is going to be destroyed. No matter. There's that word again. It's going to be destroyed. Yeah. Our part with it doesn't have to be if we make that decision to be separated from it and to go with him. So I kept seeing this. We are not blessed. It is. Sin, we are not going to be destroyed. It is. It's kind of like, are we just going to be involved with it or not? You know, what? what is it? You know what I'm saying? And I just... It's like, blessings and cursings have been laid before you. Please, God said, please choose blessings. It's like the whole story is... The story, it, is about him and his, his conquering all of the evil and the sin and death and all of that. If we do good, if we do well, shall it not be lifted up? What were we just talking about uh, in that um, how do we know he's real? And says, well, we don't, we experience him. And someone else comes in and says, you, you looked at Greg Gall and went, wow, it is real. Um, someone looks at us and, and are they saying, I'm sensing something weird about you? I see God in you? Are they saying, if we do well, it is lifted up. You know, um, the whole focus is it. And, and I realize I'm kind of rambling and repeating myself right now, but this is just, this was mind-blowing to me. This is, this is metaphysical. <laughs> uh, this, we see ourselves as the central focal point of God's entire design. And we're not. It is. And you have to go, okay, what is it? And it's so hard to define. I mean, it's him. It's him, but, but exactly... You know, it's just it's just his love, his story, his desire, his will. It will be lifted up. Now, if it is lifted up and we're a part of it, then we're going to be lifted up with it. If it is destroyed and we're a part of it, we're going to be destroyed with it. So we have a choice. We have our own personal choices to where to go and how to be a part of his story. But... Doing well doesn't lift us up. It's not about us. It's about him. I mean, here we are. I, holy crud, this just occurred to me right now. The very Not about us. The very thing we came up with. This whole thing, it's not about us. It's about him. And, and this is one of those, on one side of me is going, duh. You've always done, and the other side of me is going, I've never really grasped it. I always see 
you know, we are the bride and he, you know, he is our father. And the whole connection is him to us. And don't get me wrong that, that he very much loves us. And there is this connection and he wants, but it's all him. It's all his will, his desire. Uh, we are blessed to be a part of it. And, and we are truly loved. But if he goes away, we're, we're nothing. If we go away, he remains. It's all about him. Well, okay. And how interesting then. So it is lifted up. Well, it has to give him glory. There has to be a reason for it to be lifted up to him. So we have the choice to decide if we give it to him. Mm -hmm. We, we, Yes, we're going to get the reward and the benefit of it, but also we get to touch God in a way. We get to mm -hmm. give it to him. Mm -hmm. It's our choice to give it to him, and it must give him glory. It must give him, you know, that whatever whatever it's giving him, it's got to yeah. do something great. And uh, we have a choice to do it, which is kind of cool in a way. Uh, you know, uh -huh. we, we, I mean, so many of us will decide to throw it away, but whatever it is, whatever it is, we can give it to him and it affects him. Uh -huh. What a cool thought. Yeah. It's, wow. It's lifted up to him and that touches him. And, and yeah, I'm, See this, I'm so speechless with this. I'm so, it's like, I have the concept, I know, but I can't put the words. It's those God thoughts that sometimes happen to me where I start going too big with my thoughts and uh -huh. I can't totally comprehend it. But but just the, the idea that that uh, we get to go with it, so therefore we get all the wonderful rewards that come from it. Mm -hmm. But still, what it, it still has to provide him something. Mm -hmm. And I just love that idea that God provides everything for us. When we're truly doing the purpose that he has for us of giving him the worship and the praise and the love, it is affecting him. And just that idea that, that yeah. we can do that, we can affect God and, and, and in a purely cool and awesome way. Because I'm sure on the other, you know, if you take the wonderful gift that he gives you and you throw it away, I'm sure that also affects him oh yeah and you know and in and, and, and a very hurtful way harmful way but we can choose to touch god and mm -hmm. return some of that love maybe that's it maybe it is just the love you know he, well I, I think it is so hard to define because i think it is many things in many situations it really all comes back to him mm -hmm. and like i said this is history it is his story right but but in any specific moment what is it well that could that could vary from thing to thing it is this sacrifice it is this glory it is this whatever um but it's just it's just the fact that you you brad allen you do well and brad allen is not lifted up it is I mean, it doesn't even say Yahweh is lifted up here. It says, isn't it lifted up? Right. And it's just, and so this is the, the whatever you do well, 
like you just said, it's lifted to him. It's 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 like like you don't go with it. <laughs> it's like it's lifted up. You're not lifted up. And it's like the focus is on that. The focus is on what 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 can we give to him? The focus is it. Never on us. Well, and, and so all of this, all of this was was done so you know so his son could be lifted up so yes. his son could be his son is it you know his the son is yeah is it and so so all of this all all of it's all his story basically god uh -huh. designed all of this did everything and through it whether or not we went with him he is still glorified in all of this he was still mm -hmm. lifted up and it's just an awesome another i don't want to lose that thought that it's just another awesome gift that insignificant people people who do not matter get to be a part of that mm -hmm. because jesus said so he jesus wanted us to be a part of it he wanted us to be reconciled and so even yeah. though it's his story we still get to be a part of that uh -huh. and so here it is this is our way of contributing in some way is by lifting it up <laughs> to me it's kind of like the, you know, the parable of um uh, there's a wedding going on and the people didn't come and so they say go out into the streets and just bring them in and and then the people come into the wedding it is lifted up the wedding you know the the focus is is the wedding going on we because we obeyed and came in you know what we did well it because we did well it is lifted up we just made this a glorious sacrifice or a glorious celebration sorry um, it's like the focus is the events that's happening in this parable. Right. We all get to be a part of it. We get to be blessed. We're in the feast. We're in the, the, the joy, the fun, the whatever, if we came in and participated. But it is the focus. It's what's important in this situation. Um, and again... I don't mean to treat that as if we have no importance and God does not love us. And we just happen to be falling, you know, uh, falling into place and, and, and being blessed accidentally or anything like that. I believe God's love is for us to be included and it's all part of his plan. But again, it comes back to it's all part of his plan. Well, and I think yeah, I think the purpose and the importance of us is the fact that we have that choice. Mm -hmm. We lift it up or we don't. Yeah. Uh, so there is, I mean, our purpose is to lift it up. That that's ultimately what it is supposed to be. We may not, but right. that is our purpose, and our importance is that. So you know, it, there would first of all, there'd be no reason for Jesus to even come and be glorified in that way if we weren't if, if there was not us if there was not a need mm -hmm. so the importance is the fact that there is a need right and you know uh and the purpose of us is we lift it up yeah i mean it's like it's kind of a <laughs> a circle you know but yeah i it's like god created adam god created humanity and i think because of that, we have a tendency to say, okay, God created us, we're the focus. 
And I think what I'm kind of getting at, to, and, and you are too, is no, God created us for him. Mm -hmm. God loves us, but it's his desire to be loved back. It's his desire to create this connection uh, of love. Love has to give. True love has to be able to give. Well, if you, had, if you have no one to give to, then you can't love. Um, so we are definitely loved and we're a part of this blessing. But the whole thing is this is his and he, it's all it be lifted up. This is all about he wants it returned as well. Um, boy, I'm all over the board with this. But, uh, I, that was just really hitting me so deeply listening to that again. Um, I hope any of that made sense. I, so the very last thing, and I'll end here, was just the fact that we kind of mentioned uh, uh, just how cool it is to have each other and to have someone who is just really excited about this. And guys, I just wanted to stress the importance of that. It, I know it's difficult in a lot of situations and not everyone can just go, okay, yeah, I'll go find that person. I'll go get that person. You have to have, well, just like we're talking about here, God and us, you have to have a willing subject to return that love, uh, God's love. But it is, it is a special thing knowing that, uh, when I, when I say, hey, check this out, what I've discovered, I'm going to get, oh my gosh, you blow my mind, that is so cool. And I hope you get the same with me. Yeah. Uh, because it really is, I, I don't know how many times in my life I've gone, wow, I've discovered something amazing. You go tell someone and you feel shut down. I mean, sometimes the, under the best circumstances, it's, okay, what about it? Yeah. You know, but under the worst circumstances, it's no, you're messed up and wrong. Go repent for even telling me of something like this. Uh, it is so special to have that person who just is not just listening, but is going along and getting excited. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I really hope all of you guys have someone like that. Well, and all I can say about that is, I mean, it worked for me. You know, the, we talked about it before, but I prayed the prayer because I was I was looking at my social circle and I didn't have anyone. I actually, um, at that point in my life, I, you know, one of my best friends was an atheist. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's I had no one in my life that I could feel comfortable sharing all this stuff with. So, uh, and, and it was one of those prayers where I prayed it and I did want it to be true, but it was also kind of like, I'm just going to go about my life, though. Like, if it right. happens, awesome. If it doesn't, all right, you know. But, and I, I, I forget the actual amount of time in between, but we hung out for quite some time before I realized, oh, you're the answer to that prayer that I, <laughs> yeah, that I, that, you know, and it was, and to be fair, it was probably half-hearted. Like I said, I just continued on with my life, you know, if, if, uh, and just, okay, I need to get a new, I, I need to get a new job. And, you know, just like continued on. Mm -hmm. And we started hanging out for, I don't remember how many months, maybe even the better part of a year or a year. And then finally it just, oh, 
I prayed a prayer about this. Like, you know, so um, if you're in a situation where you don't have that that person, you don't have your own personal Scott, then... Uh, or Brad. <laughs> then I... Uh, all I can say is it worked for me. Just just uh, pray that prayer that you that you need that accountability partner. You need that person in your life that will... Uh, that you can talk to and you can share God and, and the love and all of the all of this and if you're still having a hard time um, reach out to us I, I, I really do especially because of my belief that we are really are like I said it could still be decades away but I do feel like we're not that far away from from it <laughs> yeah the, the big event from it <laughs> we're not that far away so um, I would love to grow my social circle too, uh, my my believer social circle, and so reach out to us. Um, of course, you have plenty of video evidence to suggest that we're not that cool, but that's true. <laughs> but but yeah, no, pray the prayer. I recommend that. You're more welcome to reach out to us. Um, but yeah, I, it worked. Um, right. Why wouldn't it? Well, I hope something has touched you this time. But again, uh, like we've said before, uh, my primary hope is that this encourages you to do your own Bible study. Seek him directly. He can be found. He wants to be found. And he wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you every day. He does exist. He's real. He's not hiding. We're just not looking. So, as always, this has been Scott. And this has been Brad, and this is not about us. <laughs>